When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life, but when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, The Felix Files. The Felix Files. The Felix Files. The Felix Files. Well, how do you feel? Excellent. Really excellent. Hello and welcome to The Felix Files. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm ready to go read my book. (laughs) After this recording. Maybe. So we are joined by a very special patron guest host today. Welcome, Chelsea. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. Are you excited? I'm way more than excited. I got so excited that I jumped a day. Tried to podcast 24 hours early. (laughs) You know, you got to be on time. (laughs) We're always late. So right, poor Chelsea probably (laughs) sat there for a half hour at least thinking we were just late. Well, that's okay. We just know that you're, you're dedicated to, uh, this episode and to this entire series. That's right. So we are continuing our focus on major characters and events in order of the Phoenix. And today we are going to begin a new series on one of the worst perfectly written characters in the series this pure blood witch has some major love <laughs> for the dark lord Ooh, that's right get ready for the bellatrix lestrange character profile series and friends when i say it's a series it is a four-part series minimum minimum because we all know how sometimes these episodes go a little longer than you know one would think hence 
me trying to do one chapter in an episode for a yeah, regular one. Insane. I don't know what I you're was, thinking. That you was hilarious, Tiff. I mean, it was a joke, right? <laughs> <April> <laughs> it was for April Day. <laughs> it was, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So four part series. Um so part one, we're just kind of going over the basics of Bellatrix, and then we move into there's nothing and- basic about her. She's a basic witch. <laughs> um, we move into her role in the different books, and we're going to round it out with uh, some relationship episodes. So that's quite interesting. Because you have to remember, we don't meet her until five. So we only have experiences in five, six, and seven. So that doesn't leave a lot for like the book episodes so the book is one and the relationship is the is two so i gave sarah voldemort (laughs) (laughs) i just had to say if you think about it in movie wise it's a five six seven eight is what she's in (laughs) is this how this episode's gonna go i'm here for it it was national beer day and i didn't have any i mean i technically did but so i drank a club soda and some vodka a vodka you're just gonna say a club soda (laughs) anyways it wasn't but let's 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 get to know our guest host (laughs) you're being rude yeah no let's get to know chelsea chelsea go over your uh potter profile for us please well, I am a very proud Gryffindor. Oh! Woohoo! Um, for my Ilvermorny house, I am considered a puck wedgie. When I first took the test, I was like, hold on. I'm not really like, when I looked at the character traits, said they're kind of independent. I'm not, <laughs> and this is going to make me sound a little weird. I'm not super independent. I tend to like depend <laughs> on other people around me. But then as I got a little bit older and recognized certain things, I'm like, you know what? I can live with this. This is good for me. Maybe this is what I was supposed to be, what I was going to grow into. I like that. Yep. Um, My wand, I have a phoenix feather core made of hawthorn wood, nine and three quarter inches and slightly hey. flexible. Um, My Patronus is a white stallion. Sorry, Megan. I know how much you love the horse Patronus. <laughs> I've grown. Um, on, they've grown on me. <laughs> And horses are my favorite. Um, I grew up around horses growing up. So that was kind of like my big tie into, you know, Harry Potter and my normal life is the horse. That's perfect. Um, my, my feelings about Bellatrix. So when I was reading the series, when I was younger, she absolutely scared the bleepity bleep out of me. And then as I continued to do the rereads, as I got older, I realized she still contain, continues to scare the bleepity bleep out of me. I think that's um, pretty fair. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But as I was getting older and I was reading the books from a different angle and a different age, I could recognize just how well written of a villain she is. Um, and just the different emotions that she can pull out of people. Like with someone like Umbridge, I get like angry emotions, Mm -hmm. but with Bella, Bellatrix, I get fearful. Mm -hmm. She like cuts deep. She's like nasty. (laughs) Sempros, <laughs> man. Mm, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Um, and, you know, just kind of getting a little bit more on the serious note, growing up in the area that I grew up in, and as I was reading more into her character, I could recognize some very, like, eerily similar qualities between her and people in my community, which is not a good thing at all, which is probably what antagonized the fear. Mm. Um, but I'm kind of hoping to see a little bit more as we dive very, very deep and sweaty into this character analysis. Yes, same. I think yeah, we're all going like- to come out like being like, oh, she's evil. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, I kind of hope to come out of this where like, I realize that I'm always going to be like, she's a scary individual just because of like how she is and her beliefs and whatnot. But like, I just want to like understand it a little bit better. Like, is mm. there, is there reasoning behind her beliefs or is she purely just, well, there's always reasoning. Exactly. So like, that's kind of what I want to like, well, I always think more. I wonder like when you when you hear stories of like serial killers and such where you get like a backstory and say they have like a horrible upbringing and they've had all these traumas on them and then that's kind of their response to it is like what they do and it almost is like okay I can kind of understand that in an aspect of like these horrible things happen to them and like this is why they are the way they are and then there's people that like had a normal upbringing and they just lack like those people that are like sociopaths or literal psychopaths and that's almost more terrifying because like you as like a uh quote normal even though it's like a relative term person that like can understand empathy and can understand people's pain where that type of person can't that's almost more scary where like I don't you can't get on that level of like understanding because of like they just they just did it to do it you know what I mean like that's almost more scary like Voldemort's scarier you know Mm-hmm. yeah i agree just just get real deep <laughs> <laughs> um all right well i guess i'll just go into her early life and family so Please. a lot of this is kind of i mean like really a lot of her early life is just speculation we really know the the basics and that's about it um So she was born in 1951. Her parents are Cygnus Black III and Druella Rosier, um, who did give her a rich lifestyle, raised her to be proud of her pure blood heritage. She is the oldest sister out of three. So her two younger sisters are Andromeda and Narcissa. Why did I think that she was the youngest? I think I did too. I think I thought Andromeda was. See, I was said she was the oldest Andromeda for some reason. What it? I do we even know what we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Hold on, I'm gonna go to the source that says where how we know that. I'm not saying I'm no, right. It, it is, <laughs> on my timeline, no, no, no. On my timeline, it's um. Oh, the wibbly wobbly. My wibbly wobbly timey wimey thing says mm. that Bellatrix was born in 51. Um, Andromeda was born in 53 around then because she's between Bellatrix mm. and Narcissa. And Narcissa was born in 1955. Interesting. I, for yeah. reference, Lucius Malfoy was born in 1954. Ooh. All right. Thanks. And then Lillian friends were born in 1960. Lillian for reference. <laughs> I literally wrote Lillian Co. And then I'm like, why do I do that? Because then I'm going to like 
not remember exactly who I'm talking about, but that's neither here nor there. So Molly went to school with probably when when was Molly? Well, born? Molly Molly was born in um around it says 1950. So both her and Arthur. Um, okay, so and I don't know where it says Hogwarts at least for all of them, even if it was only an, an overlap, a short overlap. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Were you going to add something? No, I was just thinking, like, I I, I don't know, like, because it says Molly's birthday is October 30th. I'm thinking, where did I get that? How do we know that? Hmm. Is that not on? Uh, Maybe it was just from her Pottermore page or something a while back. I, I think thinking. so. Yeah. Erased Healthy. forever. See, for me, I thought, and this could just be based on, like, the movie in Half-Blood Prince based on the way that Bellatrix and Narcissa acted I always did assume Bellatrix was the younger one because Narcissa considered like I felt like she carried herself a little bit older um, she does I agree I will say for personal experience like in real life I always thought until I was not grown but I was like probably older than I should have been like my mom and my um my one aunt are almost like my mom was born in May. The next year, my aunt was born in June. So, like, they're almost exactly, like, a year apart. And for years, because my aunt just, the way that she's carried herself and how she, like, talks. And, like, with my mom, I always thought she was the older sibling. Where, like, I also, like, my sister and I get this. Where, like, they think I'm older than her. And she's, like, almost three years older than me. Um, probably because I, not that I tell her what to do, but I tell her what to do. So, like, I wonder <laughs> if that's, like, a thing of, like, how how they act. You know what I mean? Because the guy was saw it was older yeah. than my mom. Yeah. And people well, think Bellatrix I'm older than Bridget. seems more reckless, you know? Like, she's... Mm-hmm. Bellatrix mm-hmm. is the more reckless sister. Narcissa, mm-hmm. you can see... Um, Narcissa, like, definitely thinks for herself. She cares for... Well, she is motherly, even in a weird sense. I mean, like, yes, she's in dark side or whatever you want to call it (laughs) (laughs) but like she does cookies true they do uh but she does truly care for draco and like that that trumps anything for narcissa is like draco's well-being and draco like her love for Mm. draco whereas i could never see bellatrix being that way towards a child um so that's why she yeah she definitely in my mind does not act the oldest either i agree with that um so anyway she attends hogwarts and is sorted into slytherin what was that followed by her sisters she was in slytherin yeah yeah does not the dark witch or witch (laughs) nope i said witch twice okay well here's the thing here's the thing and i think that this might be the time to potentially talk about this um aren't we going to talk about it later on in this very episode are we what are yeah. we talking about? I didn't about? look at other people's sections. Sorting. I swear someone's section is about their Hogwarts house. Tiffany's it. Oh, Tiffany. Okay, well, I'll bring it up then. That's fine. <laughs> what are you going to bring up? Terrible things. Hufflepuff. Oh, Terrible Lord, thing. help us. I'm sorry, but there's a valid, there is a valid argument there. And I agree you know? that, yes, clearly it is canon that she is Slytherin. But you cannot deny the fact that that could just be because of how she's raised and she's told that that's where she should be. I think realistically, if you look at her traits, girl's a puff. I I will say this. As much as I feel like Megan and I disagree on probably everything, (laughs) she's got some points. (laughs) Sarah, get out. Meg, get out. I mean, but like, I don't want to be this person either, but I'm on team Meg. 
I get that you don't want her. She also doesn't want you. So it's I don't want a dislike. lot of people in my house either, but I get them. So no, you're going to have to deal with it. it Sarah has to deal sense, with Lockhart. No. Yeah. Tiffany has He's to deal with Pettigrew. Uh, Pettigrew. Pettigrew. Petty Betty. Chelsea. Can it be like headcanon that she was a hat stall between Slytherin and Hufflepuff and that? That's what I'm saying. And she, she ended picked. up choosing Slytherin. Yeah. Because now it's like, it's dawning on me as we're starting to have this discussion, just the amount of loyalty that she has. Like, that's yep. insane. My mind is already blown. I don't know and what I, else is going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to hold back on continuing to talk about this until <laughs> Tiffany gets into her house. Yes. So I'm gonna keep going, but thoughts to think. Get, I, get are you okay over ready. there, Megan? She's Blink not. Twice. She's <laughs> literally <laughs> not okay. <laughs> Katie's just staring at you. Katie is <laughs> not pleased. No. Sorry, Katie. No. Nope. <laughs> okay, I'll stand on my island all alone by myself. Well, okay, no Megan. Around. Megan, I'm gonna this, you. just yes. keep going. Just okay. keep going. All right. So. Along with the rest of her family, she holds pure blood supremacy beliefs, aka she's racist AF. Um, and so is the entire uh, black family. So Bellatrix cuts Not off. everybody. Okay, yes, this is true. This is true. Her immediate family, yes, is very very racist until Andromeda marries Muggleborn wizard ted tonks however because of this the entire family cuts ties with andromeda they have no contact with her anymore and she is blasted off the black tapestry family tree never to be talked about again for the most part but you know so andromeda gets disowned um now neither bellatrix or narcissa claim to have set eyes and on andromeda since she married ted tonks she also she being bellatrix holds her cousin Sirius black in contempt for being a quote blood traitor due to his different opinions on muggles and muggleborns he's friends with lily potter slash lily evans at the time that would be a huge no-no in the black family um also he's in gryffindor so that's also a yes match so, against him. yeah he gets sorted into gryffindor he's friends with a werewolf like basically they don't know that though yet do they probably not no i would assume no (laughs) No, what Sirius should have been a slytherin i bet he was actually a slytherin katie your voice (laughs) i you know what guys (laughs) you know what (laughs) the thing is the thing I, is, there's a lot of, con- I mean, there could be a lot go. of conversations about what house we think Sirius should be in, but at the end of the day, it comes down to what you value, which is why Bellatrix was placed in Slytherin. I don't know if he would have been a Slytherin, though. No, I don't know what he would have been, but totally I'm just joking. That's all. Yeah, Katie's just being <laughs> I know, but now I'm like thinking about it and I was like, no, I think he really is. Whoa. He could also be a Hufflepuff. He could be. It could be a family trait. He's a dog. <laughs> Dogs are loyal. <laughs> oh my oh God. boy. So, uh, Bellatrix marries Rodolphus Lestrange. He's a wealthy pureblood 
and a Slytherin. Basically, she's marrying Rodolphus out of obligation to fulfill her family's pro pure blood mentality. She really does not have any affection towards this man, um, never even mentioned him in conversations, and they never had any children. Um, that's strange that you would like marry to fulfill your but then not whatever, have whatever but then like not have to like pass but off. if you no. think about it though like if if she was born in what year did i say 50 some so she's like in her 30s witches and wizards love a long time and then true. she was in prison for however many years so did you say love a- it sounded like live. you said love a long time <laughs> hey, i mean they live time. a long time they love a long time am i right <laughs> it's all the same so that's true i mean like she could still potentially be in the time frame which we know she is uh (laughs) i'm also thinking though like she had more they had more important things to worry about yeah pre them going to azkaban than having a child and she doesn't she doesn't seem the type to like want kids anyway she's and again she wouldn't want she's more duty than anything else so like they were worried if they were working with voldemort first And then they go to prison and then they're in prison for what, 15, 16 years, um, depending on when they killed the Longbottoms. They didn't kill the Longbottoms, I'm sorry, and um, Torture. tortured them. So, she's, I mean, there's definitely, yeah, there was more time for them to have kids because I do think that that would have been part of her quote obligation yeah. to fulfill the tradition. Um, or maybe she's also hoping that his brother would have the kids for the family. You know what I mean? Like well, and we know Narcissa does. Yeah. yeah. Maybe she was hoping Ravistan was going to take up that quaffle. I do think that that shows the huge difference, though, between Bellatrix and Narcissa. The fact that, like, Narcissa clearly valued family and wanted a family uh, much quicker than Bellatrix did, or even if Bellatrix ever did. Um, so just, like, again, the difference between the two sisters. Even, like, Narcissa is younger She's the youngest, and she's the first. Well, actually, I guess I don't know if she's the first. What's the difference? Tonks is no, Technically, Andromeda was the first to have kids, but that doesn't fulfill the uh, pure blood mentality and tradition. Having a kid with a muggle, so um, muggle born. Oh, well, no, I mean, Tonks Be- is a muggle. Who Bellatrix is muggle? doesn't. Isn't he a muggle? No, I think it's a muggle born. Oh, is he? I don't oh know. yeah, Muggleborn wizard. <laughs> Never mind. Oh yeah, because he heals Harry. <laughs> Never mind. I'm dumb. <laughs> Just put a band-aid on it. <laughs> oh, your tooth got knocked out in my lake by a motorcycle that flies. Here's a band aid. <laughs> Good gosh. A waterproof band-aid. Oh that still wasn't as- <laughs> <laughs> makes all the difference. That's exactly how that works. Yep. <laughs> it's a waterproof band-aid. Medicine. <laughs> Muggle medicine. So, like, beyond that, that's really all we know of her early life. Um, the rest is just we can we can guess. I would assume that she was definitely... I kind of would compare, like, the way that she was raised probably to kids during World War II who had Nazi parents... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're like indoctrin is that the right word? Like indoctrinating your kids with that belief. Mm-hmm. Um they even had uh the Nazis had the like training for like special schools and stuff. The kids. Yeah, the kids of like the Nazi officers and stuff. 
Like, cause you see these old videos of all these kids like marching around and, and saluting uh, Hitler cause they're being raised up to continue that on. Yeah. So I would assume that maybe there's some of that going on and Andromeda just didn't take to it. And Narcissa kind of took to it and Bellatrix really took to it. They had like think- all three spectrums of that with their kids. I think it's mentioned that Narcissa was like full. She just wasn't a fully fledged death eater, but she believed in all of that. So I wouldn't yeah. call her like kind of, I she just said, she just, her love for Draco outshined that. But at the same time, it wasn't like any less, you know what I mean? I just think that like, that's the difference. Like she wasn't there to like get the dark mark and like actually go on. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like she let her son do it though as much as she loved him but did she let him do it because she truly still believed at that point or did she let him do it because she thought that it was a life or death situation for draco i don't think it's also I don't, mentioned I don't, though i don't think draco like a choice. I, uh, he did not have a choice and i don't Correct. think that um i don't think that she was telling anybody what to do at that point i also isn't it mentioned in cursed child though that like both of his parents did not like um astora or whatever what's her name yeah astoria um because like they both were like changing their tune like draco and her Mm -hmm. to being like more accepting of people and neither one of his parents liked that so like she didn't change she just loved her son we we let you live and sit in the great hall after the battle and you have the audacity to still be that way goodbye goodbye Chelsea, i'm sorry you had your hand up for a while it's okay sarah stole what i was gonna say because i was just about to i was gonna bring up that <laughs> point now i didn't i didn't read all of cursed child but i got up to a point where i saw that you know the malfoys essentially like disowned draco because of the way his viewpoint changed so just like Sarah was saying I mean she still has though those beliefs just because she ended up having you know a son and having a family didn't necessarily change the fact that she viewed things a certain way yeah Um, that's true they're such trash like they're such trash yeah they're like terrible people (laughs) like like you think that maybe an aha moment would have happened in the great hall and all these people are like not avoiding your B-U-T-T-S's. Like, are you serious? And you still are this way 19 years later? Well, they're dead 19 years later, so. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Okay, Timmy. Over them. I'm over them. No, yeah, they're pretty I terrible totally people. I totally agree. They're like draco in that family draco's the only redeemable person like Um, narcissa narcissa you had a moment and then you threw it all away to be with luscious well i think that like she had that moment purely only because she cared about draco not because she cared about harry not because she cared about the war she didn't she wanted it to be over she's like i want this to be over i want to go get my son this is how i'm gonna get there yeah and she i think a little bit of it was to like put a middle finger up to Tom Riddle. You know what I mean? Cause she was over him as well. Yeah. Just saying. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chelsea. Sorry. <laughs> um, and something else that I realized too, which is probably, I mean, it's not an excuse for why her mindset didn't change, but as adults, it's a lot harder 
for you to change the mindset that you were grown, that you grew up with and that you've seen your entire life. Whereas Draco was still at the age where he is still pretty moldable. Um, so I think his viewpoints were able to be changed a lot easier than his own parents were. But don't you go through life sometimes and have moments that jar you so hard that you just, you can change your ways. Oh, I've had moments like, like I've had moments like that. You think people not killing you in the great hall after, you know, y'all were fighting and, you know, they let you live. Mm-hmm. Hey, but let, here's the thing, Tiffany, they there's let a them difference live. between you and Narcissa. Have you ever been super racist? <laughs> like, no. So there you go. <laughs> like, I think, and not to say that those people can't change, but I think it, if, if your son almost dying and like being mm-hmm. attacked and do, going through all these things doesn't change your mindset, like, I don't know what can. And that so clearly we bad. see that it doesn't, she doesn't, neither mm-hmm. her nor La- Lucius. I keep, <laughs> <laughs> you like seeing, going through all of these things, they don't change their mindset. And so if annoying. that's not going to change it, like I. Um. Is this an Arsissa Felix Files? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> it's all a valid conversation. I just needed but... to hate on her for a second. Sorry if you're a Narcissa fan. No, and like also, I want to like clarify to make sure that people don't think that like I'm a narcissist sympathizer because I'm totally mm-hmm. not. You're a sympathizer of the sympathizer. Narcissa. She loves Miss- Snape and she Miss- loves Narcissa. <laughs> <laughs> Look at her. She's so done. Meg calls her sissy on the back. <laughs> Miss sissy. Oh my God. All right. So, um, yeah, literally don't know anything else about Bellatrix's early life, except that I'm guessing she has been taught these things and it's been ingrained in her. And she is like full steam ahead. I have these beliefs and I'm not wavering from them. I think it probably looked a lot like, uh, Draco's upbringing. I agree. Yeah, probably. I almost want to say that it might have been worse, just like yeah. a little bit more intense, just because of the mm-hmm. times. Like it was, and- I think mostly just because the, the, her parents, um, at least her mom, what we know of her from like that portrait in Grimald place honestly seems like a way worse individual than either of the Malfoys in terms of like how blatant her racism is the Malfoys almost like fly under the radar at times like oh hey I'm going to like give money here and donate money here and we're going to be important figures and like we're not going to like come out in public and be like we're anti-muggle-borns but I'm a death eater and these are the things that we're going to do like behind the scenes and we're going to act like we got out of it. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like the, I feel like Bellatrix's parents were more in your face with their hatred, in your which face. <laughs> all day, all day, all day, all day. All day. <laughs> um, not that that, I guess, I mean, really both ways are horrible, but like, I just, I almost feel like they were a lot more they may have been a lot more vocal mm-hmm. towards yeah. her. 
And I, I think too, like if you compare, if you're comparing her and Draco's like upbringing, there were things that were kind of putting like, if it was like a flame sort of thing, there was kinds of things that were like kind of dampening that flame for Draco. Like you see him going through like his emotions and his feels like after he gets a dark mark and he's doing all the things and he really doesn't want to. And then we do see him change more so in Cursed Child and everything. Um, mm-hmm. But with Bellatrix, like it was just like gasoline. Like she just kept, it just kept getting yeah. bigger and bigger and like stuff was getting thrown on the fire and it was just becoming more of a thing you know what i mean like it's just getting bigger her loyalty was just unwavering she mm-hmm. saw she saw voldemort and she's like "Ooh, you are mine and he's like nah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway i just wanted to cool. move on to her family because they are a very prominent family in the entire series and that would be the noble and most ancient house of black yeah So from the wiki, the noble and most ancient house of black was one of the largest, oldest, and wealthiest pure-blooded wizarding families in Great Britain and one of the sacred 28. Many wizarding families in Britain were distantly related to the house of black, which I'll get into whenever I just read some names that we know off of their family tree. Um, And such as the Malfoys and the Lestrange families. The House of Black was synonymous with elevated status and wealth. Um, So we know their family tree is displayed in the drawing room of the the home at 12 Grimald Place on a tapestry. Um, It started way back in the Middle Ages and showed the dominant line of the family up to the death of its last members. By the late 20th century, the House of Black had become extinct in the male line with the deaths of Sirius and Regulus Black, neither of whom had children, and the female line continued through the Malfoy family, Teddy Lupin, and through Delphine, who was Bellatrix's illegitimate daughter. Um, so some of these names that we know, this is super interesting. This is really interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. So... Let's see. So we start with Phineas Nigellus. Um, this is back in medieval times again. Marries a Ursula Flint, also a name that we know, Marcus mm-hmm. Flint, um, Quidditch captain for Slytherin. There's a is lot of she a names on this. Sea witch. I see what you did there. <laughs> Poor unfortunate souls, right? <laughs> right. You never underestimate the use of body language. (laughs) (laughs) That's where Bellatrix learned it. Yay! (laughs) Um, So I do find it interesting, though, that actually in this very first line that we have, someone is already removed from the tree, and that is Isla. And Isla married a muggle named Bob Hitchin. Good old Bob. Bob. Back in Bob the Hitchin. Time. What do you think? What do you think their Instagram Bob. hashtag would be? Hitching oh to hitch. <laughs> <laughs> or hitch to hitchin. Hitching to hitchins. Hitching to hitchins. Oh my gosh. I and, like the um, name Isla. Yeah. yeah so do I. It makes name. me think of Isla Fisher. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. cute. So also interestingly enough, in the very first line, we do have a serious black, which I think is cool so this name kind of like goes throughout a couple times um Uh, so they so that serious marries a gamp is that like the 
the Gamps law of blah blah food stuff? Maybe. so that's actually the second line though jumping ahead but that's fine oh i'm sorry there's another serious there's lots of seriously a lot of seriouses um so phineas and ursula have a lot of children um they have arcturus belvina cygnus sirius and another phineas who is removed from the tree so we have another oh, one here in the for second doing line. what megan why were they removed they were they were removed for supporting muggle rights so okay. what year were these people born i can't see so this is like the 1877 1889 1886 yeah it's 18 1884s. um so yes the the second line serious marries a gamp which yeah i would assume that that is some relation to the blah blah laws of whatever stuff. the law is yeah that hermione <laughs> talks about there's a mcmillian on the mcmillian cygnus <laughs> <laughs> mcmillions cygnus marries mm-hmm. a bulstrode so that mm-hmm. name has shown up here mm-hmm. and also arcturus marries a yaxley which is another name that we know um, burke borgen and burks what? Oh, Herbert. Belvina, Herbert. Herbert. So, like, where oh, did this? Herbert. Where did this Herbert. come from? This, this is, is probably from from more Wizarding World tapestry. Thing. They like this is just from the a, movie. No, I'm it was on the Wizarding World, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it was on the Wizarding World. This is just like a different version of the one that's on the wiki. Um, only because, like, I swear, there's like every name because there's. There's so Gamp, many. There's Bolstro, so, there's Burke, there's Yaxley, there's Crouch, Longbottom, Potter, Crab, McMillan, Pruitt, Lestrange, Malfoy. Rosier. Like, mm. Yeah, so, like they're all here. Yeah. Um, That's kind of the point. It's to show that they're all like... Yeah. My fingers were crossed. <laughs> um, So Arcturus Black and Melania McMillan. I don't like that name. But they have a daughter, Lucrec- Lucretia, Lucre- maybe Lucretia, 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 Black, and she marries Ignatius Pruitt. So we Ignatius, <laughs> whatever. Ignatius. <laughs> okay, Katie. Don't Ignatius McMillian. Why? Miss Tucson, Arizona. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. For Tucson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I had never said uh, it out loud and I read geese, it. And geeses and gooses. I, I did that today when reading my book. I in my mind I re- read Ruber and I was like, what is that? Because it, it was like half the word was on one line, the other half was on the other. And then I was like, Siri, you're an idiot. <laughs> and it was like r-u-b on one line and b-e-r on the other so like i don't know where i got root from <laughs> i love you so much oh, don't you all know i've got wrong. we're not safe inside our minds no no 
Just so y'all know, I'm officially crying from that. <laughs> <laughs> Not asleep. My mind's alive. My mind is alive. My um, mind never shuts up. Oh, All right. Know. So we know Lucretia and Ignatius Pruitt. We know that that last name is a relation to, to Molly Weasley. Um, let's see some other names. We have a someone married in Irma Crab. Um, so again, we know Crab from Crab and Goyle. Uh, That's Sirius's um, grandmother. Right? Yes. Yep. It is. Sirius's grandmother is Irma Crab. Um, Irma and Melania. Melania. Gross. Um, She's one in Macmillan. Also, a Potter <laughs> is in here. Doria and Charles Potter. Which is kind of interesting. Um, I'm trying to see. It doesn't, we don't know that person's like what they do have a son, but we don't know their name. Um, we've got a long bottom on here. Harfang. Caladora yeah. Black and Harfang Longbottom. That's the name. Not, now, this Longbottom nor this Charles Potter are blasted off of this um, yeah. family tree. And I find that. It's interesting to point that out because that must mean that they are good in the eyes of, of the bad black family. <laughs> Oy. Um, Yikes. So the maybe next they person, defected their families to go to the dark. To- maybe. <laughs> the next there's two people, <laughs> there's two more people in this line who are blasted off, and that would be Marius, who is a squib, and then Cedrella. Who marries Septimus Weasley? Septimus. Who is the who is the father of Arthur? Oh, oh, okay. So that's cool. Um, They're all related. Mm-hmm. I was just also, about to say. Go ahead. Does that mean Molly and Arthur are related? No. Or like very distantly. I don't, okay. I don't think so. I guess maybe very <laughs> distantly. There's no, it doesn't say anything about a distant relation here with Molly. Um, I guess, I, I don't know that. Maybe that doesn't mean anything. It could be. I mean, honestly, like all of these, all of these names are so intertwined. I guess it wouldn't be surprising if they were. Uh, fun fact, though, Sirius's parents are cousins. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of kissing cousins. Yeah. So Orion and Walburga both are Blacks and are, like, very close cousins. I let's, So let's see. Does she like Wahlburgers? I'm... <laughs> That's all I think of. Well, wait, so... did you not talk about Casper Crouch? Is that Casper the I... Friendly Ghost? <laughs> I just said that there's a Crouch on here. So, yeah. I bet it is. It's the friendliest ghost. Yeah. I um, think, like, really, sorry, when uh, Draco and Ron are fighting, they're family, basically. They're related. So I think that Orion and Walburga are maybe, like second cousins i'm trying to like piece together how they're related so we've got orion's grand orion's father is arcturus black and melania mcmillan that's their grandparents that's his parents his parents are cousins to walburga's parents 
Does this make sense? So what does that mean? Second cousin or something like that? Can I just point out that Sirius does say in Order of the Phoenix that Molly Weasley was his cousin by marriage. So that Pruitt. Oh, okay. um, Is probably her family. Well, But I think that that. I think that he's cousins to Molly by marriage because of the Cedrella Black and Septimus Weasley, but they're blasted off. No, I, no I, I think it's the Pruitt. The Ignatius Pruitt is probably her relative or something. Well, I mean, technically she's related both ways then maybe if the Pruitt is because she would be still related by marriage through Septimus Weasley and Cedrella Black. Technically, it would just be kind of like... She would not be because she's not really a Weasley. But by marriage... She, she means would- like... By marriage, yeah. But I, I think he means like before she got married to Arthur. I think he means like if if that if she was not married to Arthur pre-marriage as a Pruitt, he's related to her by marriage. Otherwise, he would have said Arthur and you know what I mean? Like he would have made a comment about. Okay, yeah, hold on. I just clicked on Ignatius Pruitt. So he was a pureblood wizard who married Lucretia Black. He was an uncle by blood of Fabian and Gideon Pruitt, as well as Molly, and an uncle by marriage of Sirius and Regulus Black. So I guess. So yeah, that that would make them cousins by marriage, but they're not really cousins. So confusing. I was going to say, it's not super confusing when you come from a really big family. (laughs) Uh, You're talking to somebody who has four cousins on each side, one aunt on each side, one uncle on each side. Oh, no. Not not counting the ones that are married in, I got nine aunts and uncles, well, not including my parents. With my mom, she's one of nine, my dad's one of eight, so. That's too many. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Things you shouldn't say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, unfortunately, they are dwindling, so. I tried to just scroll on my screen. That's not how Macs work. It is not. Um, Okay, so we're getting there. I'm almost done. So the, let's see, this next line. So we know Orion and Walburga have Sirius and Regulus. Sirius is blasted off of the family tree, as well as Walburga's brother, Alfred Black, who is blasted off because he gave gold mm-hmm. to his runaway nephew, aka Sirius I believe Sirius. Black. Yep. Um, and then last oh, but not least, we have Cygnus and Druella have Bellatrix, Andromeda, and Narcissa. Andromeda is blasted off because of her marriage to Ted, and you know, I love that on the wiki. There's even Bellatrix. Rodolphus, Bellatrix, Tom Marvel, Riddle, Delphini. <laughs> I'd like to just say, Druella makes me think of Druella, Druella. <laughs> yeah. Druella Black. Even though it's not her last name. But. <laughs> there are so many really cool names on this family tree, though, like Cassiopeia, Cygnus, Violetta, Andromeda, Regulus. Casper. Wouldn't Andromeda Casper. be so cute? You could call her Andy. Yeah. Aww. That's super cute. I want to see who this Charles Potter is. She's probably not going to find anything. It's probably going to be like on the Black family. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, according to the wiki, do you want to know what Molly Weasley's uh, parents' names are? Mr. and Mrs. Pruitt. Pruitt, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) It just says Charles Potter was a pureblood wizard and a member of the Potter family. He married Dorea Black and together they had a son. Charles was the uncle by marriage of Walburga Black and 
her siblings. Thus, he is the great uncle of Sirius Black the Third and Regulus Black the Second, as well as Bellatrix Andromeda and Narcissa. So are Harry and Sirius actually kind of related? Where's Harry? Well, where's Sirius and James? I don't know. I don't Char- know. I mean, this is the Potter. F- so if you go to the Potter family, yes, they were that almost does a part include- of the Sacred Twenty Eight. You know. Yeah, that yeah. does include Harry. So Harry. theoretically, yeah, if you want to like go down the line, they are related. <laughs> they were like brothers, man, for real. <laughs> Jeez. So that was a lot. Uh, but that family tree is a lot. Yeah. So for sure. yeah. Tiffany, it's your turn. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to talk about Bellatrix's name meaning and Hogwarts house, which I thought was solidified with the Hogwarts house that she was sorted into. (laughs) Apparently I was wrong. (laughs) So I really like this because it kind of goes into uh, how like Sirius and his dad Orion named after stars, right? So Bellatrix means the hand of Orion. And so let's see. Bellatrix also means female warrior, which I thought was absolutely perfect. And then there's a Latin translation of an independent Arabic title. I don't know how to say that. Al-Najid. Maybe. I don't know. Which means the conqueror. And so it's also a modification of an alternative name for Orion himself. And I really liked that. And so I put a little picture of it. That's Bellatrix. It's the star. Very cool. In Orion. So the star in the constellation is Bellatrix or um, like on Orion's girdle or belt. So there's like this whole belt of stars and it consists of three bright stars and it lies nearly on the celestial equator yes what do they say in men in black about orion's belt they're like um, do they say the galaxy lies on orion's belt or something like that because it's on the cat's um collar oh maybe it's been a minute since i've seen that all i remember from that movie is sugar <laughs> <laughs> That's all. I mean, I like that movie. I but I don't that movie a lot. Um, and then it just talks about like Orion has like a sword, which is south of the belt. It contains the great Orion Nebula and emission nebula containing hundreds of young stars, which is visible to the unaided eye. So you can mm. see this. And then I got this from MuggleNet. So the writer on MuggleNet, I don't, I just wrote that it was from MuggleNet. I can't remember who wrote the article because they have many, many writers. Um, They said the name Bellatrix translates to female warrior. This is an obvious fit for Bellatrix Lestrange or Lestrange, whatever you prefer, who is a formidable foe in the series, often regarded as Voldemort's most feared Death Eater and lover. I added the lover part. I can't say that they did. <laughs> In the same vein, another name of this star is the Amazon star. And the Amazons were female warriors, sometimes said to be the daughters of Ares, the Greek god of war. Furthermore, the star is part of the constellation Orion, whose mythological po- counterpart was a hunter, 
and Lestrange excels at hunting her chosen prey. And then there's a less fitting um, example is the fact that an ancient Arabic source names this star as the lion. Badger. She should be in Gryffindor. She's pretty brave. Get out. (laughs) I don't know about this. (laughs) So I looked up the last name Lestrange, and it's actually like a for real life, life name. So the surname Lestrange is derived from a nickname in the old French, a broad and miscellaneous class of surnames. Nickname surnames refer to a characteristic of the person who used the name. So like with Potter, they would be Potters, right? Pottery. And so they can describe the bearer's favorite style of clothing, appearance, or habits, or character. So in the pre-Christian era, many pagan gods and demigods were believed to be a mixture of animals and humans, such as the Greek god Pan, who was the god of flocks and herds, and was represented as a man with the legs, horns, and ears of a goat. And in the Middle Ages, anthropomorphic ideas, I'm sure I said that really greatly, which attributed human qualities and form of gods or animals were held about the characters of other living creatures. They were based on the creature's habits. Moreover, these associations were reflected in folktales, mythology, and legends that portrayed animals behaving as humans. So the old French nickname Lestrange means stranger. (laughs) It would have been given. Yes. It would have been given to someone who was new in the village or parish, a broad and miscellaneous class of surnames. I already read that. Would you say that they're new in town? <laughs> so I pushed. No, that's too strong. That's too strong. <laughs> we just listened to this on the way back from our little weekend. Um, so the surname Lestrange was uh first found in Norfolk, where they held a family seat as lords of the manor of Knockin. <laughs> <laughs> The parish derives its name from a castle founded here by the family of Sarah. Do you know how to say that? Lestrange. Lestrange. (laughs) Lestrange. (laughs) Who possessed the manor in the reigns of Henry II and Henry III, the latter of whom directed a precept to the sheriff of the county commanding the aid thereof to enable John Lestrange to erect part of the castle of Nacken. And to repair the rest for the defense of the border. So this is the real-time life example. His son received from the same monarch the grant of a weekly market and fair on the eve and morrow of the festival of St. John the Baptist. Uh, Maddock, a Welsh nobleman, headed an insurrection and defeated Lord Strange at Knockin. Dr. Strange. So they're gone. I'm sorry. That makes me, that name makes me think of um, the Cruel Prince book that I read, um, and I won't spoil anything. But that's interesting. The way the not that's section. great. None of us can but respond Manna. to that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying for people for people that um, listen and have read that book, you'll be like, oh my gosh, that's so interesting because life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
The way Nakana spelled makes me think of like happiness. the Three Stooges. Yuck, yuck, yuck. That's what it looks like. <laughs> um, so another real-time life example. Um, another source claims that Guy Lestrange had the castle built between 1154 and 1160 and it's not known when the castle was abandoned little is left of knocking castle today other than mounds of the original fortification in 1540 leland described it as a ruinous thing the family are descendants from the dukes of Brittany, and it is recorded that during the great tournament at castle oh my gosh look at that Heverell. Heverell. Mm, interesting mm. in derbyshire around 1120 attended by owen prince of wales and a son of the king of scots and two sons of the duke of Brittany, one of whom was guy lestrange it is from guy that several branches of the family lestrange descended six in descent from guy was john lestrange baron lestrange and he gave to his brother about 13 in about 1320 Hammond Lestrange the manor of Hans Danton in Norfolk a manor which he had held since the year 1210 so that's just a lot of like real Lestrange Lestrange <laughs> because there wasn't a whole lot uh as far as like the magical Lestrange. The way that you say Brittany makes me think of the most popular girls in school. Brittany? <laughs> I don't know. It's so funny. I won't make you watch it. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Megan already went over the uh, House of Black, so I'm not going to do that to you again. Sorry. No, it was great. You were supposed to. And Hogwarts House that was were both of these copied in here did you add this other one i put them in when you were arguing earlier were you not going to talk about her hogwarts house well it's slytherin and so (laughs) i thought it was slytherin (laughs) you can see why i would be confused that someone would be like no it could have been hufflepuff (laughs) i mean but like and let's, now I'm let's like, talk about it. but it could have been. Okay, so Slytherin, she was sorted into what Megan is going with is it was like a Harry Potter kind of situation where you can choose, right? You essentially, yeah. you could choose what you value. So Slytherin values ambition, cunning, leadership, and resourcefulness. We're not saying that she does not any of those things because but I believe that also- she- Hold on, ladies. <laughs> Pop the brakes. Cut the check. There you go. Because she is those things, right? She is. And if we look at Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff. Can you set your sources though? Like, tell me when she's like cunning. Yeah. And resourceful. Yeah, Tiffany. I don't know. She got out of Azkaban. I feel like surviving Azkaban is help. Yeah, not when you're living, not when you're living in there by yourself. She's not in cells with people. No, I know, but like 
she only got I out because Voldemort got them someone out. Someone else got them. Why? Why are you arguing with me I'm, when I'm I agree saying. that is a very good case of Hufflepuff? Let me go on. All right. So, Katie, what are some sources? <laughs> no, I didn't even get to let me. I can we talk? I feel like we should talk about Slytherin first and then before we to get Puff. to Hufflepuff. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, like, let's like let's like let's talk make her about Slytherin. Slytherin. Let's talk make her Slytherin. a Slytherin. What makes her a Slytherin? She is cunning, she, I she think. Cunning. She can be cunning. She is but cunning. When? Every, well, think about every duel she's ever been in. She's, she's got to use cunning to get the upper hand. She's a, she's a great duelist. True. Leadership, she's the first one to be like, yo, Dark Lord, uh, I'm here. Let's lead so this team. hardly argue against leadership. I would agree because she's a follower. Yes, yeah, she's a follower. Mm-hmm. I think follower. maybe the Voldemort or ruthless, but she leads his team. Does she? Yeah. Why not? She's out there freaking blasting everybody around. Green. I feel Green. like I kind of feel like Calm the time Nart most of the down. time Lucius is leading the Death Eaters and no, all. No, yeah, team. you're right. I just feel. I- Katie, yeah, no, you're right. No, and <laughs> for the love of all that's good in this world, let Chelsea talk. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. I was just about to say, I feel like for the most part, it was Lucius that was kind of leading, and then when Lucius got thrown into the uh, the Owls Caban, and Snape was kind of making his way back in, then Snape was mm-hmm. kind of heading up the leadership side. I kind of pictured Bella as more. I keep calling her Bella Bellatrix as more of like the follower and yeah. Snape and Lucius being more of like the leaders of the pack there. Okay. I have things to say. Tiffany, <laughs> go first. Would you like me to go first? Yes, you had your hand up before I did. Well, we're going to talk about heated. seven. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, we're going to talk yeah. about seven. Bring in seven. Okay, so, <laughs> so yes, Lucius got thrown into the Yalskaban, right? Okay. Um, If we... Sorry, Chelsea, I have to disagree with you with Snape because we know that Snape is playing this double agent role. I don't really think that Snape was so much of a leader because he wasn't really around. He was more so the guy that came and delivered some info for many years. Um, maybe well, after... Hold on! I'm no, just no, 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 he was no. a leader at Hogwarts because he was literally in charge. We're yeah, not sure. talking about that. We're talking about amongst the Death Eaters. But Death Eaters were at Hogwarts, so you can't discount it. One and a former? <laughs> and for like half of a year? Teachers. Both the Caros were, were Death Eaters. There. Let's talk Did about... start something? <laughs> May have. mad when she's wrong. I'm not wrong. Um... <laughs> Okay, so like I was saying, thanks for derailing my mom brain, you a-hole. <laughs> you want to fight? We'll I fight. can't think about what I was thinking about before because I forgot. Um, so Snape to me for a very long time was the guy that would deliver um, the info from Hogwarts. But that's not to say, like I was going to say, in 7 where he he after he kills Dumbledore at the end of six, then he kind of takes that leadership role. But we also have to think that he's then back at Hogwarts. So at Malfoy Manor, which is like Death Eater headquarters, who's running the show, Bellatrix kind of takes over, especially when the trio shows up and, um, you know, she's torturing Hermione and all of that. She's the one that's like, no. And Lucius is like, let me push my mark. It's my house. And she's like, hard pass so she shows leadership there is what i was saying um 
Okay. So, but I would, I would push back against you with saying that she was the leader in the Death Eaters in Seven purely just because I think in the moments that we see her, she's really the only option. Like, like whenever the trio shows up at Malfoy Manor, we already know that like Lucius and Narcissa, they're nothing anymore. Like they are literally, they're using them for their home. And Bellatrix was the only one there besides them and Pettigrew. And none of the three of them were ever going to be the leader at that moment in time. I kind of would argue that maybe like Dolohov slash maybe, um, oh, I'm blanking. Naxley. Maybe, yeah. Maybe like Dolohov and Yaxley would have been more actual leaders in the Death Eaters, but they were just off doing things when the trio appeared. So to push back against that, when you think of military, you don't always see the leaders going into battle, which is maybe why Bellatrix stayed back at Malfoy Manor. Or it's or she because she was Yep. Yeah. Could be. Or just had, I don't know whenever Delphi was born. My thing though with that is like, like Megan was saying, you only see her and a smattering of others. And if she really was the leader, like, I feel like they would have listened to her better. I think that from how I read it was like, she was trying to act like an authority figure and they all were like, you're not in charge. Like, we're not going to listen to you. Like she was trying to be the leader without actually being the leader. Yeah. Now, if I switch it to what you guys were saying about value, if she values leadership, it doesn't mean that she needs to be a leader. And she Truth. definitely values Voldemort's leadership. Correct. Right. I think that's why yeah. she, I think that's part of why she's a Slytherin for sure. Correct. I also think like her, I, I know we talked earlier about her like being cunning and like going into battle and like being good at that. And I'm my counter to that is, is she cunning in the aspect of how she fights or is she ruthless and she's self in, in the type of person that's she values self-preservation and so she doesn't care about the others around her she's going to do whatever it takes for her to win so that i looked up hard work i looked up the direct like definition of cunning so it says having or showing skill in achieving one's ends by deceit or evasion i will also say i read this thing so i googled it sounds about right to me. Traits of a Hogwarts houses. And there's an article on this website, but they have a table and it says table one, but the article is on like online ucppress.edu. So it's all about the science behind the magic related relative. Rel- wow. Relation of the Harry Potter sorting hat quiz, blah, blah, and human traits. I'm not going to read it all, but I just thought it was interesting that for Hufflepuff versus Slytherin Hufflepuff is hardworking, patient, loyalty and fair play and Slytherin is ambition cunningness heritage and resourcefulness which I thought was interesting so I'm not saying that she doesn't have Slytherin tendencies all I'm saying is that I do think that she could have been a hat stall between both of these houses and she chose Mm. Slytherin yeah purely I'm in agreement with you heritage I like the I like I like the the word heritage for Slytherin because I do think that that is an important part of uh for some Slytherins that's important especially the House of Black especially the Malfoys like thinking of like those people like that is so important to them it's part of their heritage whereas that's why I think she did go into Slytherin because 
yes, she values these certain items possibly more than the descriptors for Hufflepuff, but I don't want to discount the fact that she also matches a lot of the values for Hufflepuff. It's just, and, and like, that's why we can have these conversations with literally like any of the characters, like Harry could have been Slytherin, Harry could have been, Hermione could have been Ravenclaw, Ron could have been Hufflepuff. Like we have all of these conversations. And I just like, I think that her secondary house without a question is Puff. Yeah. I don't think anybody disagreed with that. Well, a lot of people in discord did. Hold, hold on. <laughs> Are you serious? I don't remember yeah. that. Uh, Katie, you disagree that that's her second house? I just don't think, aside from loyalty, I don't think she really matches Hufflepuff at all. She's not patient. She doesn't care about justice. But are you as sure far... she's not patient? She's not patient. She did How her waiting. Did she have to wait in Azkaban. She did her waiting. <laughs> she wanted to wait, but she did. Oh, that's not patience. What else is she supposed but to do? Patience is not, I have to wait. Patience is... I am waiting because I need to, and I know that I need to, and I'm going to. Like, she could well, have. Think about her mindset after Voldemort, quote, died, right? She goes in. So she, she, she hit, or he hits Harry with the killing curse. All that stuff happens. She and her husband and her brother-in-law still went out there and did his bidding because yeah. she's like, I know that, like, he's not gone. And so she was, faith, she was loyal to him, but she was also in her mind being like i'll wait as long as it takes to make sure like he yep. comes back and i'm going to be on his side so sarah for all of those would you years, say that she was working hard oh yeah God. i mean i just think that you worked hard for her loyalty i just truly think that like you know sitting down on that stool sorting hat on her head the sorting hat would have had a difficult time choosing between slytherin or hufflepuff and well, it, would have, would... it wouldn't have been a true hat stall because those are recorded Right. We, we, we yeah. know of the true ones. Mm-hmm. So she was probably on that cusp maybe of almost being one. It's not written or about she's so. like, didn't write Or that. she's like Harry where like right. she didn't really let it get to the point of a hat stall. And she was just like, um, Slytherin, no Slytherin. Slytherin put me there. Otherwise she was probably like not Hufflepuff, not Ravenclaw, not Gryffindor. And I it mean, was like, like she all right, been. Slytherin. <laughs> I just, I just think that if, if her will did not have any influence on the hat, it could have been a hat stall and it may have put her in Hufflepuff. Okay, so Katie, you don't think Hufflepuff is the second house for her. What would you say would be the second house? I honestly, I don't know because I'm just focusing on how I don't think she's any part Puff. I just, do, you just, do, you just, do you just not want <laughs> like, her pay? No, no. <laughs> I just like, don't how can think... you not see the loyalty connection, no, the I hear you. connection, or the hard work connection. I just don't think that anyone with that much evil I have an idea I have an idea could be but in Puff. They've said which is not that, to say like... anything bad about Slytherin because I'm the first one to stand uh-huh. up. I'm the first one to stand up and defend Slytherins because my beautiful wife is one. But I just don't. I just don't. I don't know. There's never. There's not any quote dark that's not true magical people and that's, not, that's not true because they've said that's the house with the least okay, amount that's, that's fine. none i have things to say okay <laughs> no. chelsea's like i don't know what i got signed up to do <laughs> it's fine <laughs> let's take the word i'm sorry kate but i just want right. to talk about this let's take that word justice okay mm-hmm. what justice means to us is one thing 
and what justice means to Bellatrix is quite another. Mm, that's fair. Mm. If you have to think about, uh, let's pull real time life. Let's think about justice. Um, people who believe in the death penalty, they think that that's justice. People who don't and take, uh, you know, life in prison, that's what they feel is justice. So she's going after what she thinks is just. You're right. Her doing those horrible Whoa. things to the long bottoms and was her, her getting justice justice yeah. for the fact that the dark lord was murdered well you know not murdered and, but and think of like how <laughs> hard working she was at that point in time you know yep. what i mean like she's willing to work. do whatever and anything anything for tom riddle she feels lord she Hall. feels more like a hufflepuff to me than a slytherin i think it was her choice <laughs> I, I hear you guys a little bit I'm not, I don't feel right about it, but you don't I have to feel right. It's yeah. dirty. I, I just want to welcome you to my life being a Slytherin. I don't want to welcome anyone into Slytherin who is like Tom Riddle, but at no the end of the does. day, you have to understand house. that the I got values, tail. That the values <laughs> of all four that. houses can be bad You're right yeah. you can yes. do all of the values in negative or positive light there is a positive to being cunning there's a positive to ambition there's a positive to resourcefulness and leadership just as there are negatives to all four of those things and it's unfortunate that the negatives of all four of those things create people who are like the death eaters but that is just what it is that doesn't mean every single slytherin is the way that a death eater is it just means that those values combined in a negative light can be that just like we need to understand and realize that the negatives of all of the values in hufflepuff ravenclaw and gryffindor can also create evil people well i think that's the thing is like people forget like when you especially people that don't do what we do where we're dissecting the books as much as we do are you like it's so ingrained in our mind because the author made it that way of how we feel about each house we were supposed to feel that way yeah all slytherins are evil so like to this day and it's been 20 years all slytherins are evil but all hufflepuffs are like cinnamon rolls that's not true. Or all yeah, Hufflepuffs yeah. are duffers and stupid. Yes. What's and a cinnamon roll? Just like, you know, like fluffy and loving and like, you know, yeah. a nice little thing. You've never heard like, that too? Think of, if you no. think about it, we know all these bad Slytherins. We know a couple of bad Ravenclaws, a couple of bad um, Gryffindors. But like, you don't know. They're just like, it's just the house with the and least it's amount of- And it's purposeful that we don't know any evil Hufflepuffs because again, we are reading these books from Harry's perspective. He mm-hmm. does not know of any. And there's a reason why the author left it out, Katie. I'm gonna let Tiffany- Go ahead, Kate. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, I was just thinking like, we're supposed to be thinking those things earlier on. And then we're supposed to um, question ourselves and what we know- with um uh what happens with narcissa in the forest you know saying that he's dead and with snape revealing what he was doing the entire time like the author leads us to believe all these things very firmly and be so for sure and then to kind of at the end shake us to our core and be like but you were wrong because Mm -hmm. you didn't know interesting thing to think about maybe she should reread her own books I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) 
All right, I will take a back seat because admittedly, <laughs> no, seriously, admittedly, I didn't see a negative side to patience or and until Tiffany pointed out, I did not see a negative side to justice. And those and I knew the loyalty and hard work, I could see that. So like hearing all that, yeah, I think you guys could be right, which hurts me. But and I think I'm stuck behind like like literally what what do you think of when you think of a Hufflepuff? Kind right like you think of like like sarah said a cinnamon roll so like it's weird to think of those four things because when you hear cunning and that's so not fair and it's not fair that i thought these things either when you hear cunning you think bad but when you shrewd shrewd for forever you were like what's shrewd right so to be fair like i I, i'm wrong i i think (laughs) i think you guys are i can see it now i get it well, now I feel bad for you. <laughs> Don't feel bad for her. Her heart is broken. No, no, no. She's got unnamed bad wizards. We've got named ones. <laughs> Ours are named right. Tiffany. Okay, okay. No, I think Tiffany, it's, we I have Wormtail. We have Wormtail. <laughs> you guys, I've got oh. a rat. It's just really yeah, strange. And I, I feel bad that I said, like, it Don't doesn't feel bad feel, for anything. No, I do, like like said that I don't feel like anyone that would be evil would be in Hufflepuff and that makes me feel like I'm saying that evil people could be all the other houses but it I just <laughs> really appreciate you that you guys like pointed it I mean justice that seems like it's something that cannot be wrong but like duh obviously it can I mean, be like big it, time our justice system as a whole it's totally messed up well- yeah. Speaking of Harry Potter or Wizarding World terms, it makes me think of um, Queenie and how she thinks what she's doing in the movies right now is like what's best for yeah. her, like everyone when really like Grindelwald's right, just right. so good. And this happens mm. in real life where they're praying people in, in leadership positions, prey on people's fears and use that. She got got. I think that well, she yeah. doesn't know it yet. You know what mm. I mean? And, like, and the thing yes. with Queenie is like a lot of people say that that's out of character and they really hated that. And I'm like, I don't it's know. so dead on. No, I don't think it's it was really right on, dead on. Right on par. And, yeah. I, and, I and think it it's shows hard to wrap your head around because yes. you're thinking, no, because you know, yeah. yeah. But I think it also shows like how much of a manipulator and how good yeah. it, good what Grindelwald does is that like he's able to manipulate people's fear and what they desire because all all she yep. wants is to marry the man that she loves and yep. there shouldn't be anything wrong with that truth and so he's telling her like there's not blah 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 like we're gonna make it so like it's more out blah yeah I give her exactly what she wants and she's thinking what she's gonna be doing is is right which she's going the wrong way well, I was thinking about um, if we want to compare the baddies to like Hitler and Hitler gave all of those speeches where he's, you know, banging on the table and getting people all fired up. Well, that's exactly what we saw Grindelwald doing in what have we determined that was a crypt, um, yeah. giving that yeah. speech and preying on people's fears. And she, Queenie, was doing what she thought was right for mm-hmm. the person who she loves. And so, yes, no, anybody that says that's not on character, that's dead on character. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. Uh, Katie, do you want to talk about your part or? <laughs> I first want to say that I think I've avoided sleeping on the couch tonight. So I'm like really excited about that. I think, good I think we're, we're good terms over here. <laughs> marital spat done. There was not a marital No, I, I mean, no, there was remains not. to be seen if Tiffany and I are going to be fighting. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's the that's what I Where'd love about Swish and Flick is that we can talk about these things and walk away and still be friends. You Except know what I mean? Marietta. <laughs> we were never friends to begin with. Sarah. But like I don't I think that people think I'm like a Marietta lover mm-hmm. and I'm not so much. Like I don't know enough to care. We do Marietta about round her three. specifically. Oh my gosh, Marietta round three. Really like round eight by now. Oh my god! Well, a lot of people keep asking us for like a battle royale on Marietta, and I'm like, haven't. Here's the thing: Marietta <laughs> versus Hermione. Like, I'm gonna pick Hermione, but I just don't care for how she went about it. <sighs> you know, Kate. Let's talk about Bellatrix's wand. All right. Well, my section's not nearly as divisive, or um, I don't know. It could be. What Patron we'll room see. did you pick? We'll I, see. Disagree. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> Patronus, though you think, oh maybe, we'll maybe. talk about She's like it. Umbridge. We'll talk okay. about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's talk about her wand first. So I pulled from the books. So the trio secures Bellatrix's wand, and Hermione reminds because Harry's like, you know, why are you being picky about this wand? Um, you have no, you're not associated with it at all. Like, what's the big deal? And she tells him, this is the wand that tortured Neville's mom and dad. And who knows how many other people, this is the one that killed Sirius. And that makes Harry um, in his head, he looks down at it and he's suddenly just like, he wants to snap it. He wants to slice it in half with Gryffindor's sword. Just to remind everybody what wand we're dealing with. So her first wand, because she has two, her first one is 12 and three quarter inches long. That's huge. Yeah. And the dragon heartstring core. And this is from Ollivander. And he describes it as unyielding. So actual definition of unyielding. If you're talking about like a mass or structure, it's not giving way. It's hard and solid, which I think works with her too. Um, If you're talking about a person, unlikely to be swayed, um, resolute. But I think both of those are totally matches her. Mm -hmm. So if we dive into the wand wood. So walnut is for highly intelligent witches and wizards. Um, oh, Alvander says that highly intelligent witches and wizards ought to have a walnut wand as a trial first, because in nine cases out of ten, the two will find in each other their ideal mate. Walnut wands are often found in the hands of magical innovators and inventors. This is a handsome wood possessed of unusual versatility and adaptability. A note of caution, however, while some want, while some woods are difficult to dominate and may resist the performance of spells that are foreign to their natures, the walnut wand will, once subjugated, perform any task its owner desires, provided that that user is of sufficient brilliance. This makes for a truly lethal weapon in the hands of a witch or wizard of no conscience, for the wand and the wizard may feed from each other in a particularly unhealthy manner. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So this this wood in the hand of Bellatrix Lestrange is yikes. not a good combo. That is, is a, a yikes. Combo, but it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to admit that I completely forgot that she had more than one. Me too. Until I was like, what's Bellatrix's wand internet? And it was like, actually, <laughs> there's two. Because I always, because like, book. if you think about it, mm-hmm. um, if you think about it with like the noble collection wands or like the ones that they sell at the wizarding world you can actually obtain both of luna's wands yeah because she has two different versions because of deathly hollows um but i don't think that that's the case with bellatrix so like only the one they actually messed up like in the movie like her single portrait movie poster for seven i think she has her 
like curved wand. Oh, really? So the movies didn't really like didn't really didn't, follow that. Even though we see that they got the wand because they break into Gringotts with it, blah blah blah. Right. But so that's kind of like a big film goof. Um, some extra fun little bits. Bellatrix's wandwood walnut is associated with some old European superstitions. In 17th century Italy, a walnut tree in Benevento was believed to be a gathering place for witches. Another legend held that nothing should be grown near a walnut tree because it contains evil or poison. So, yeah, this just <laughs> this is just dangerous all around. And then just a refresher on Dragon Heartstring. It does produce the most power. It's capable of the most flamboyant spells. Dragon wands tend to learn more quickly than other types. And while they can change allegiance if one from their original master, they always bond strongly with the current owner. They are easiest to turn to the dark arts, but they won't do that of their own accord. Um, they're the most prone to accidents because they're somewhat temperamental. So yeah, it's just, this wand is lethal in the hands of someone like Bellatrix. I would also say that she's temperamental herself. Yes. Totally. She's very impulsive and temperamental. So we don't actually know what her second wand is. Like, we don't know the wood, the length, the core, whatever. Um, we don't even know if it's for sure made by Ollivander. I'm going to assume it is because they probably they have him. right they have like one of the most renowned wand makers in captivity they're gonna they're gonna ask him to do or force him to do it in, cap- in captivity <laughs> i don't know so, how else you would phrase it that sounds like a lion <laughs> <laughs> um and at first i was like well this could be his opportunity to sabotage right but then i'm also keeping in mind <laughs> iggy yeah um so loud you're right in the microphone (laughs) you're early for dinner bud yeah it's early oh my gosh um so this could be his chance to sabotage but we do have to keep in mind the wand does have a say in choosing the witcher wizard everyone kind of knows this so if it went the wrong way or bellatrix didn't feel some kind of connection to it or if it performed poorly ollivander's gonna get punished for it like we saw how voldemort interacted with him when you know Ollivander really did think that if he used another wand he would be able to kill Harry Potter right but that wasn't the case um but I also think that he's smart enough I think he's a Ravenclaw isn't he also um I think so I think he's well beyond smart and experienced enough to work some sort of sabotage in and I also think he might be willing to sacrifice himself for the greater good like even if he got caught I think he'd be willing to die in order for the chance to try and sabotage something. So I went with that thought and was trying to think of woods that might work that way. So I picked maybe a cherry wood. This is like a really rare wand wood and it's really prized in Japan. Um, It makes a wand that possesses truly lethal power, which that's the scary part, especially if it's team with dragon heartstring, but it doesn't work well for a witcher wizard without exceptional self-control and strength of mind. So he might have been like, hey, here's this really lethal rare wand, but deep down, she no, doesn't she have doesn't super have self-control. self-control. Right. So maybe it could have helped like in some instance. Um, I also picked Elm because this there's some unfounded belief, according to Ollivander, that um, 
purebloods can only produce magic from elm wands. So I could see her being like, yeah, you know, if this is supposed to be like the pureblood rain, I'll take that wand for sure. Um, and then last I picked Hawthorne, which I think is that yours, Chelsea? Sorry. <laughs> it is. Um, basically because it seemed like it fit her. Um, uh, let me see. Because, oh, I like the fact that the spells can, if badly handled, backfire. So maybe he was trying to work in some sort of behind the scenes thing for that. Or she could have just asked for a duplicate of her original wand and wanted another walnut dragon heartstring. I feel I like know. that may have been the case. What she ended up going with being like, I want an exact replica. Yeah. Make it now. Yeah. Maybe that's why they didn't change it in the movies. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that could be their workaround. Some extra fun Bellatrix wand facts. So during uh, the filming of Order of the Phoenix, Helena Bottom Carter accidentally punctured Matthew Lewis's eardrum when she stuck her wand in his ear during the Battle of the Department of Mysteries scene. Ouch! <laughs> yes, Chelsea. Whoa! I actually can very, I very well know how that feels because my eardrum actually burst when I was little. Oh. So I just, it's, oh man, that really, really is horrifying oh and i can't gosh. even imagine how badly she felt oh my god oh yeah it's when she's threatening neville and i think she her wand is just like really close to his head she must have just like popped him right that's crazy that's like very into your acting yeah <laughs> well she gets into her acting yeah um yeah with this she also like got a large blister after the dueling scene because like the way the handle was curved and everything like mm. but she was just like so into it and then That's last crazy. um the wand prop used in the film does have a slight bend in it and it does have etchings carved into it um and this might be in relation to like the etches on Sirius Black's wand and showing like a familial comparison yes Sarah I just saw this school so I have that wand book um mm -hmm. from whoever made it I don't know but it says it's <laughs> he's quoted I think um, saying, I definitely have the best wand, don't I? Said Helena Bottom Carter. My wand is warped. It sort of looks like another talon, like an extension of my manicure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she gets I was... so into character. Meg, you have her wand, right? I do. She has okay. it interactive because she's I a bad. I want to take it to I mean, the parks and use it. The wand that shows me um, is a quote, Death Eater wand. That's, That's right. labeled. There's one of the Death Eater ones, actually, that I really want. It's like, it's like a skull, I think, with like little tiny things that like wrap around it. Is that the one I that have you have? That. Yeah, I want that one. <laughs> but so that's not cool. the one that chose me. That was one that's I chose. The one that you chose. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. other one that chose me does have a skull on it. I was like so excited that it chose me. I want to get another wand when I go to the Wizarding World next. I just don't know which one. I don't like my genuinely. Thing. If I go again, what not if when? Do not let me get another wand. I, I can't talk you out of that. Are you serious? No one can tell you what to do. <laughs> we can try. I mean, you can it tell me what to do. I just might listen or not, you know. I'm going to be like, remember Bellatrix Felix Files part one? <laughs> <laughs> you were quoted. 
Before I move on, I just got to say that one of our friends is a huge Bellatrix fan and Meg texted her and said, what do you think about Bellatrix being a Hufflepuff? And she said, not surprised because she's awesome. So I guess I'll oh. take that compliment. Yeah. <laughs> Who is this person? My friend Sarah. Sarah. she like loves her but like why because she's a baddie bad because she's just like bad to be bad yeah Mm -hmm. i could see that it's just like to like a villain yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. i get that yeah i'm gonna ask her for more details on this love of bellatrix oh (laughs) like if i love i'm gonna give her the instagram takeover and make sure that everybody (laughs) like what villain that's like a question we could ask like what villain in the harry potter series do you like that is Bellatrix. a good question. But it's also like almost um subjective. Like who do you think like is a villain? Like there's some people that think that like Sirius and James are villainous because they were not kind to like Dumbledore's a villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wanna add to so this is this is some some things that she's texted me today since I've been discussing Bellatrix on the interwebs leading up to this recording tonight. And I said, I think you're going to hate our character profile on Bellatrix. <laughs> it's going to be four episodes just because I was doing like a little Q&A on Instagram earlier today and someone asked me Umbridge or Bellatrix. And I actually had to kind of like take a step back and think. Are you saying who's worse? Up, or yeah, who's, like I, who would you pick worse, out of the two worse, better? Worse. Worse. Okay. okay. And I ended up saying Bellatrix after really mm-hmm. thinking about it. And um, it was hard though. And she replied and was just like, no. But like, this is a kind of like, that's another, I think I really want to do a series, like a yeah. throwdown series and be like, it would be really who's fun. worse? Bellatrix, Umbridge, Umbridge, Voldemort, Voldemort, yeah. Grindelwald, Dumbledore, Voldemort. I'm down, yeah. man. Dumbledore, Grindelwald. I'm down. She also, she's like, but she's so good. She has such depth and she's secretly such an important character. And at least she's not. And at least she's bad to be bad and not Snape, who is manipulative and an awful human. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, you're not wrong. (laughs) So many depths, man. I know that that's I don't know if I think she's a very deep person, but that's just my... Well, that's why I'm asking her for more details on this. And, And maybe in the next Bellatrix episode... I'll 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 talk about her thoughts on Bella. Some sometimes I also think it's hard for people like if you were talking about the depth of like the character, you have to separate Helena Bottom Carter from Bellatrix. Right, right. Yeah, because like she's yeah. a phenomenal actress, you know. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um, and she and that goes the same depth. for Alan Rickman and Snape. True, mm-hmm. but like truly, Snape is a deep character. Um, I thought you were gonna say truly, Snape and Alan they are and is Alan Rickman like he's <laughs> and you love him. <laughs> from what i've heard she does you know i like how he was written it's not what you said but it's fine it's like okay all right so let's talk about if bellatrix can produce a patronus so let's go to cora our favorite always internet source um so the first thing on there says bellatrix was a death eater and death eaters were unable to produce patronuses as per the author, Snape was the only Death Eater who was able to produce a Patronus, <laughs> produce a Patronus, but he was also a double agent. So, someone also on Cora named Rain Han. Their title is Harry Potter expert, so I hmm. believe everything that they're going to be saying. Yes, um, I really did like their, um, just like what they came up with. So I'm going to read from it. 
So they said if rules change, Death Eaters can produce a Patronus. They believe that Bellatrix would have a snake Patronus, like a black mamba. Sorry, Meg. Um, So that's an extremely venomous snake, and they think that it is to signify her desire for a close relationship with Voldemort. So the reason that they pick a snake, black mamba, whatever, is to show her closeness to Voldemort. He's the epitome of a snake personified, no need for explanation, but the choice is based in more than this. So in the story, a Patronus can reflect a person's soulmate and compatibility. Hermione's Patronus is an otter, the same family as weasels. Um, Ginny's Patronus is a horse in the same class as Harry's stag, and both are hooved animals. Most notable is James and Lily, stag and doe. But the most important Patronus here would be Snape and Tonks. So Snape's Patronus is a reflection of his love for Lily. Obsession. I I was going to say, or in Meg's case, obsession. (laughs) However, because of that, it is also identical. A doe. A deer. Female deer. Female deer. deer. Ray. Creative that he just stole her Patronus. (laughs) Similar to Tonks, whose Patronus is actually shown to shown to show change into a wolf as she falls deeply in love with Remus whose Patronus is also a wolf so while Bellatrix's (laughs) Bellatrix's love to many fans is simply unrequited um, I believe her to her relationship and feelings toward Voldemort would easily still cause her to have a snake Patronus this would be in the same vein of Snape's doe to Lily's doe mixed with Tonks changed wolf Patronus to Remus um, if Voldemort were the strongest snake in the Patronus list, the largest, most dangerous King Cobra, then it would be fitting for Bellatrix Patronus to, to also be a snake of medium size, also venomous, and still extremely dangerous. Hence the Black Mamba snake Patronus. Here's my question. I know that the author said that, like, Death Eaters cannot produce produce Patronuses, but we see, and I know she's not a Death Eater, but we see mm-hmm. Umbridge produce a Patronus. And in my mind, if Umbridge can do it, Bellatrix can as well. I agree. Yeah. My it, like, opinion. where did she say that? Just in like an interview? Do you know? I feel like because she, because she, I think she mentioned something about like Draco not being able to do it. And really, you just mm. need like a powerful enough, um, like well, memory, right? Happy, or like, like thought. Happiness, happiness can be like relic relative it's like just see that with umbridge right yeah yes i was just gonna say the same thing can you just imagine what kind of thoughts she has to have like our our kind of happy is gonna be totally different than bellatrix's Mm -hmm. because hers is gonna be like twisted happy i can't even imagine the kind of it could have been like her torturing the long bottoms yeah Yeah. i mean it blows my mind yeah yeah um it's like well i just think she's discounting i think that the author is discounting the fact that there are other ways to produce happiness for people it could be sick and it could be twisted but it could Mm -hmm. still cause happiness Mm -hmm. for that person which is weird because she wrote umbridge so like why Mm -hmm. but she but umbridge isn't a death eater i know like maybe it's something to do with the magic of the dark mark maybe that would make a lot more sense oh no no, snape Snape. Maybe his love enabled him his obsession to be able. I just honestly, to me, like this is a plot hole. I agree. Yeah. Um, other or it's just or it's just laziness in the in the. I don't like using that word, but 
it could potentially be laziness in the fact that like she didn't want to truly have answers to that like there's no reason for her to ever show the death eaters needing a patronus so why even like know the the depths and details of that pertaining to them and so i think it's an easy answer to just say well they can't make them i'm sure that that's her effect of saying like it's a plot hole and then her covering up he's like well they can't produce produce one like it's not something they could do so like i I think that um yeah if if given the opportunity and willingness to answer that question she would probably try and come up with something and and also fine whatever it's your world right but i don't really care that much you should sell it but you know (laughs) i guess also though if you think about it like there is never an opportunity for the death eaters to need to to produce a patronus because the death the um, dementors are always on their side so they never need to push the dementors away they need to bring them in because they use mm-hmm. them the only reason why umbridge needed to produce one was because she was trying to keep them contained in a specific area in that room so like i think that that is really the better answer it's not that they can't pro- pro- it I'm like getting so confused with like Patronus produce but anyway I think that the reason that I think that that's the better explanation as to why they don't produce them it's not because they can't it's just because they never need to and I I think that that should have been said they can't though I think she I know the word so I know but I I like what you're saying I agree but I think that I'm headcanoning this myself and being like no the author was wrong this is actually what she should have said (laughs) that's kind of like what I'm saying you know like I think that I just think that it's a better explanation to say well it's not that they can't they just don't need to that makes sense them also they don't only they don't just use like paternuses aren't just used to get away death eaters like they also use it for communication so like they could have been but I guess maybe in terms of like messaging they use the dark mark so again there's no need for it because they just summon each other that way it's not flawless. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, other... I do like the fact that hers could be a black mamba, though. I think that that's fitting. Yeah, I mean, she is a pretty mm. poisonous person. Um, other Patronus possibilities that this person suggested that I agreed with. Um, a buzzard, because she's actively predatory. Um, a hyena. Uh, King Cobra, as they she said, does have a crazy laugh. She mm. does. They also <laughs> said that that would actually probably be Graybacks. Um, mm. But think of like if think of the hyenas in in the Lion King, how like they're following Scar. If yeah. Scar is Voldemort, I kind of like hyena. Yeah, um, they've said commonly viewed as frightening and worthy of contempt. They are carnivorous scavengers that attack prey with teeth, not claws. So, going for the jugular, really. Um, King Cobra, the most dangerous, a rune spore, which is a three-headed venomous snake. So, like, she's oh, not just one venomous snake. She's a crazy that is a three-headed nightmares. One. It's basically the uh, fluffy of snakes. Oh. And 
a vulture scavenger of dead animals they rarely attack healthy animals they milk what make- you doing but they may-, may kill the wounded or sick to bellatrix she likely views or registered anyone not like her or voldemort as quote wounded in a twisted way or at least on an unconscious level i would even go on to say um unworthy or lesser than so yeah that's all i got i vote hyena I like, yeah, I like hyena, hyena too. Yeah. And I mean, in exactly the same way that Umbridge could take some sort of twisted happiness, Bellatrix could absolutely do that, I think. So I could see her producing. I wonder, are there like this is gonna be really weird. Are there like dark patronuses? Like the like an anti-patronus? Oh. They're called dementors. <laughs> yeah. But like oh. that you can <laughs> I know what you meant. That you can, <laughs> you can yeah. shoot out of your wand. Yeah. Would it be like black <laughs> smoke instead of But white? I mean, if you think if you take a Patronus as like what it is, it's you know, even the char or the the saying translates to like I await a guardian, right? Yeah. Something like that. And so you had to think of like your happiest memories because you're combating all of the negative stuff and like that's what a dementor is. So like right. really like the 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 opposite of a Patronus really kind of is a dementor. You just don't you can't summon it like you summon a Patronus. Right. You're right. Fun fact, did you know that they had a deleted scene with a run spore in Fantastic Beasts? Mm, oh. I did not know that. It's terrifying looking. Yeah, it, it is. Then I will just not watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's whenever Newt is like showing Jacob around the zoo, basically, in his bag. The Scamanda you can, Zoo. You can see it. Interesting. <clears throat> Chelsea, you're up. Okay. So um, my section was discussing the first Wizarding War or the torturing of the Longbottoms. And let me tell you what, this brought up so many, so many feelings, so many different emotions. Um, And I pulled a lot of this, not only from a few clips from the Goblet of Fire and from Order of the Phoenix, but I also pulled from the wiki. Um, During the first Wizarding War and even after the fall of Voldemort, the Lestranges and Barty Crouch Jr. were some of the few who were able to evade ministry capture. So going back to talking about Bellatrix being, um, what was it, cunning? Mm -hmm. I feel like it takes a lot of cunning to be able to hide Mm -hmm. out away from the ministry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So that is kind of where... Yes. <laughs> I mean, she's working hard for her Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not. Listen, we got this. There's the cunning. There's the patience. There's also a little bit of determination in there. But so a little bit of a little mini recap, recap here. The Potters and the Longbottoms were both targets during the war because of a prophecy. Um, and we all know that that prophecy spoke of a boy born towards the end of July. Um, we know that Voldemort ends up choosing Harry, but that doesn't necessarily take the target off the Longbottom's back. And after, you know, Voldemort um, has that curse rebound and he kind of, you know, he flees to Albania, Bellatrix, um, along with her husband, Rodolphus, and brother, Robustan, 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 um, and Barty Crutch Jr. found Frank and Alice Longbottom's, um, and tortured them into insanity. Now, the ultimate goal from them torturing the Longbottoms was because they believed that because they were so um, 
close to the ministry and they were ours that they would have to have some sort of insight into where Voldemort was. Um, and this is where I got a little, a little emotional reading it. So from what the wiki said, Frank Long, Longbottom was attacked first um, and taken to an undisclosed location. And I put any ideas where it could be um, because I didn't know if any of you guys had any ideas where they might have taken him because it wasn't done like in their house according to the wiki he was taken somewhere i thought they had to watch each other one had to watch the other being tortured Hmm. did i I make that up did i make that up Um, maybe they took both of them to an undisclosed undisclosed location um i'm wondering like did neville oh neville saw his grandpa die and his parent turned dead are you okay? <laughs> well, like, I feel like there's a scene in one of the books where it alludes to, like, him remembering something about his parents being tortured, but I could also be lying. Mm-mm. Very much so. So I don't know. So it does say from Pottermore, from the story, Mr. and Mrs. Longbottom, um, it says that Frank was captured first. He was subjugated and imprisoned at an undisclosed location, therefore being heavily tortured by all four of the Death Eaters with the Cruciatus Curse. They were hoping to find information about Voldemort in order to locate him and restore him to power. Um, They couldn't give him what they wanted. Then they targeted Alice. She was kidnapped and tortured in the same manner. I wonder why I thought what I thought. Because that's like hella sad. Maybe yeah. it was never really like it. I, I don't think that that was really ever talked about, except for this Pottermore article. Mm-hmm. I, so I, I would have assumed that it was together too. But yeah. the only reason why we know now that they weren't is because of the article. And I wonder if there's mm-hmm. actually does it? Oh, mm, it's gone. They took it down. Gosh darn! They have to be up to something because it's it's imp- that site is impossible possible <laughs> not wrong. i wonder if somebody copy pasted it somewhere probably mm-hmm. pottermore fandom here it is <laughs> um, um let's see no hold on i'm gonna do a little bit of research you can keep going okay. um so like i said he was kidnapped first, attacked first. And I just want to point out that not only is it just the Cruciatus curse, it's done repeatedly by four people for God knows how long. It literally just made my stomach turn. And it Mm -hmm. just, it's so sadistic and so cruel. I just... They they tortured him until it was pretty much useless to torture him anymore. Yeah. Same with Alice. And it's I've never thought about it being four Cruciatus curses. Like it's yeah, bad that it's sick. one repeatedly until you're insane. But imagine it. I mean, I'm sure they're using it at the same time too. And like Crucio is supposed to make you experience absolute terrible pain. So times that by four. Mm-hmm. that that's some strength to not crack i wonder like and this is a sad thought like so we are at the end of five 
where like Neville gets hit with the curse by Bellatrix. Like now he's going to like, I wonder how like that's going to mess with his mind being like, this is what my parents had to endure. Mm -hmm. And like even worse than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so sad. It's horrifying. Um, And, you know, obviously they end up staying in St. Mungo's um, permanent residency there essentially. And then Neville is being raised by his grandmother. Um, And I pulled just a few things to kind of demonstrate who Bellatrix is at this point to me as a character. Um, So when facing the Wizengamot for their crimes, Bellatrix declared her utmost loyalty to Voldemort. Um, And I pulled this right from the Goblet of Fire in the Pensieve. The woman with the heavy lidded eyes looked up at Crouch and called, the Dark Lord will rise again, Crouch. Throw us an Azkaban. We will wait. He will rise again and will come for us. He will reward us beyond any of his other supporters. We alone were faithful. We alone tried to find him. She does not even care that she's in the middle of a trial. She has no remorse for what she's done. She just knows that at the end, she feels like she's going to be rewarded um, Mm -hmm. along with her husband and her brother and Barty Crouch uh, Jr., um, and a, also, according to the wiki, the trial was fairly short, um, with pretty much an instant life sentence in Azkaban. Um, and also, <laughs> I noticed that Sarah put, put this in her section too, but I wanted to bring it up because, again, this is something that kind of reminds me of who she is as a character at this point. She later recalls her involvement in the torture of the Long Bottoms when she's faced against Neville in the Order of the Phoenix. And she's almost teasing him with this. Yeah. And she says, you know, Longbottom repeated Bellatrix and a truly evil smile lit her gaunt face. Why, I have had the pleasure of meeting your parents, boy. Let's say it's, it's words I'm not allowed to say on the podcast. She is mm-hmm. so horrid. It's forked up. And I, we're I, in a good place. <laughs> I mean, I... I'm going to read Neville's part just because I feel like I know he's got like a broken nose at this point, but the way that the author wrote how he was speaking because of the broken nose is just, uh, it gives that paragraph a little bit um, of just the strength that Neville has. He says, I know you have roared Neville and he fought so hard against his captor's grip that the Death Eater shouted, someone stun him. No, 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 said Bellatrix. She looked transparent alive with excitement as she glanced at Harry and then back at Neville. No, let's see how long Long Bottom lasts before he cracks like his parents. Oh, I got like gross chills on me. I mean, it just, she clearly does not have any regrets about anything that she's done. No regrets. No. Mm -mm. And it's just, it's sickening to me as a grown adult that you are okay with throwing this in a child's face yeah she's just a terrible human being and just think about the things that she was doing before you know the whole incident that we all know about with the long bottoms like she's been following him probably from jump Mm -hmm. and just given given her family and their beliefs they were probably like very privy to the early uh early Tom Riddle stuff you know because he was 
he had a lot of those kids as his followers in I almost said in high school (laughs) (laughs) and so their families would have known about it and you know, all those pure bloods seem to be very close with one another. And so I'm sure that they were all talking and she's probably, who knows? She might have her own lake. If you think about it, really, she probably does. It's right next to Voldemort. She wants them, she wants them intermingled. Maybe she added hers to his to help him out, you know? Gross. Hmm. Um, they, she, they probably just had like, you know how like some families have like Sunday meals the Malfoys and the Blacks probably did their own like Wednesday night or yeah Wednesday nights with Voldemort would be like a good if there was like a V day you know Voldemort day <laughs> for Voldemort and Valor should it I be go Wednesday? and put my Voldemort day sweatshirt on you should put the hood up too does it have there's a hood no, no there's no hood because like they yeah. all maybe that's how she even met her husband was at their weekly meetings so are we ready to talk about the uh, battle of the Department of Mystery? So let me first preface this by saying I was Googling things. I was on the good Google today and I typed in real quickly battle of Hogwarts and I didn't realize that. And then I'm like reading. I'm like, wait, because I was like typing. I'm like, I want to know like what month, like what day I knew what month it was, but I wanted to be sure it was in June. And I was like, this is saying May. I'm like, that's yeah. not right. And then I looked, I was like, that's because you're on the wrong battle, honey. So we know uh, that Bellatrix plus friends, uh, friends being her actual family, you know, her husband and brother-in-law and whatever, they escaped Azkaban in January 1996. She shows up um, with her lovely brother-in-law, Lucius Malfoy, to the ministry in June 1996, so of the same year. It's like a family outing for her because she's got her brother-in-law, Lucius, there, her hubby, Rodolphus, is there, and her other brother-in-law, who is Rodolphus's brother. Rabbisan is here, you know, just a typical family outing. They just like to have fun together, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So they're all there to do their bidding for, again, their Lord and Savior, Tom Riddle, Lord Voldemort. So there she is seen um, not being able to hold her temper because when it comes to her love, TR, uh, (laughs) she tries to hit Harry with a stunning spell because he's like, you know, he's like a half-blood. Also, Tom Riddle, like he's calling him by the name. She would never call him tom riddle she only calls him like lord Voldemort, her master and like the dark lord you know do you think she calls him tommy no alone (laughs) i think i think alone it's probably master you know or lv 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 So she tries to hit Harry with a stunning spell because she doesn't appreciate him disrespecting her dude, right? Mm. So Lucius defects, deflects, deflects the spell and ends up hitting um, some of the other prophecies that are in the room and breaking them. The chickens work so hard for those. It's so you know, rude. Right? They work hard for their balls. Those poor unpluckables. They don't work that hard because they're dusty, okay? So we see her... <laughs> Um, she's talking down to the students. She's like using a baby voice. She's like just being like with a gross. Do the voice. Um, I'm not gonna do it. She Come laughs on. at them and she's proving that she's literally willing to do whatever it takes to get that prophecy. And then she includes like she's gonna like, well, I'll just torture like the little one. We'll start with her and talking about Ginny is what they're assuming because everyone crowds around her. 
So Harry and company, they create a diversion. They end up getting kind of away-ish. Like they get away, but they, then they get split up. Um, and the next time we see Bellatrix, she's running towards Harry, who now they're like, that's like after they meet back up, everyone's like disarrayed, basically. The only two people that are standing are Neville and Harry. Um, and she's, she wants the prophecy. So she's running straight towards Harry so he's deciding like okay so they want the prophecy i don't want them by my friends so he starts running away from his friends to get the death eaters he's hoping this is going to work hoping um by running away from them the death eaters are going to chase him therefore get away from his friends the tactic does in fact work um harry then thinks he's alone with the death eaters in the death room but then neville comes to help him fight the death eaters they know his name lucius makes a comment about how his grandmother is used to losing family like her own family to their cause i meaning his parents um and then like uh chelsea said long bottom said bellatrix and a truly evil smile at her gaunt face why i've had the pleasure of meeting your parents boy and he's like yeah i know exactly who you are he's struggling against the death eater um, he wants Neville stunned. She continues saying, no, no, no. She looks transported, alive with excitement as she glanced at Harry, then back at Neville. No, let's see how long Longbottom lasts before he cracks like his parents unless Potter wants to give us a prophecy. So, like, Neville's yelling at him, like, don't, do not give them the prophecy. Like, he, this is, like, a huge similarity between, and I mentioned this in, mentioned this in our regular episodes, that in this aspect, these are very much Gryffindor traits, very much Ron or Neville and I mean, Ron too, honestly, but Neville and Harry are willing to do whatever it takes. Like they'll sacrifice themselves before they want their friends to be sacrificed. Um, and so he's like, don't give her, don't do it. Um, he's willing, he's still trying to do whatever it takes to get out of the Death Eater's grip, but Bellatrix gets closer to him. She uses Crucio on him. Fun fact, I don't say Cruciatus in my notes because I don't know how to spell it. Um, and Harry doesn't want to see Neville get hurt again or even die. So he's like about to give up the prophecy when the order arrives. So there's more fighting. We see the next time we see Bellatrix, Tonks is shooting some spells towards her. Bellatrix ends up shooting a spell that knocks Tonks down. Um, which is interesting because I think the next time we see Tonks really is when um, it's said in the books that Moody, I don't know I'm yelling, that Moody is reviving her. So whether she knocked her out or if she is like, I got to do CPR and her kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So then the next time we see Bellatrix, she's fighting Sirius. Hmm. So she ends up shooting what we might suspect is a stunning spell because of the red light of the spell that knocks him into falling into the veil where he dies. Um, and she's very happy. And, and if you guys forgot, even though we talked about it on this episode, that she just fought her niece and her cousin. She's killing her cousin. Uh, and I said so much for a happy family. And I said, yikes, a ruski. You know, <laughs> family therapy is needed. Oh at a God. reunion come on <laughs> i mean this sounds like a great time who's bringing potato salad <laughs> i was gonna say who's bringing the grandma's potato salad <laughs> i hate just ate potato salad and it was supposed to be on my grandma's and it wasn't but anyways harry's enraged enraged about what she did to syria so he goes after her they end up fighting he tries to use Crucio on her, but he's not very successful because she tells him that he really has to mean it. And he has to basically want the person 
that um to be in pain which that's at this point in time that's not something harry can do he's also like you know very emotional the person he loved um is dead so he tells her that the prophecy has been smashed and she doesn't believe him and when her boo thing shows up she um knows he is very angry and she tries to apologize and make excuses for what happened because she doesn't want to get punished uh she also tries to warn him that dumbledore is in the house uh but voldemort doesn't listen to her quoting be quiet bella said voldemort dangerously i feel like i could have done that more dangerously What's her bella eggs mm-hmm. that's why i think maybe tommy <laughs> i don't think so i don't think he would have allowed that i think you know like taylor swift being like oh she can't come to the phone oh i because she's dead like that's <laughs> that's Voldemort like Tom can't come to the phone right now oh why because he's dead <laughs> be quiet Bella said Voldemort dangerously I shall deal with you in a moment do you think I have entered the ministry of magic to hear your sniveling apologies Ooh, look what you made me do <laughs> made me do so Voldemort's like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to kill Harry. Dumbledore, though, he has the statue um, that's like in the atrium of the Ministry of Magic, enchanted. Um, Part of the statue, the witch that was part of the statue goes and chases after Bellatrix. She tries shooting spells at the statue. Doesn't really work out so well for her. She ends up pinned underneath it. And while she's pinned down there, Voldemort and Dumbledore fight. Voldemort's losing. Dumbledore basically has him cornered and he seems to have like vanished in like the fancy like spell stuff that like um Dumbledore is doing. I'm not gonna get super into it. We're gonna talk about it on the normal episode. And obviously this is not Bellatrix important. So um and so they're fighting, he's losing, he seems to vanish, right? And then Bellatrix is heard screaming, Master! And then she's sobbing underneath the statue. Voldemort seems like not to be visible and kind of takes possession of Harry, kind of, and tries to get Dumbledore to kill Harry. Uh, it doesn't work out. Dumbledore's like, I'm not fooled by you. <laughs> like, okay. Um, and really the way that Harry's able to like break the possession thing is like, he's thinking like, I want to die. Like he's just, he just saw someone that he loves is now dead and he now wants to die right and so now he starts to think about Sirius and basically the the how the book describes it is like he starts having like he's thinking of like how he feels about him kind of thing so he's thinking about how he loved Sirius and that is when Voldemort is no longer possessing him because he doesn't understand love he can't even feel it because he's like no this is an emotion that does not compute with me does not compute I am not I can't do love right (laughs) So, so then cornelius and some aurors arrive you know because they're they want to come to the party but like fashionably late like unfashionably because like have you seen fudge so one one points to where he has seen voldemort they're like there that was the spot and that's basically the spot that bellatrix had been pinned underneath the statue of the witch but they're both gone and i wrote they are bone gone so i don't know what that means um 
so fun fact she's the only death eater to not be captured after the battle voldemort having grabbed her before he left and the person is quoting and it doesn't say who the person is just as they have like a ponytail and are wearing scarlet robes um it says i saw him mr fudge i swear it was you know who he grabbed a woman and disapparated wait is that eric munch is eric munch described as having a ponytail i don't remember i don't remember I think they Stubby just. Des- Boardman. Do they just describe his mood? Eric Munch was a Bridger. Bridger. That's not a word. British wizard who was employed as a watch wizard at the Ministry of Magic. He was poorly shaven and wore peacock blue robes on duty. When that doesn't on duty. mean he doesn't have a ponytail. But maybe he was wearing scarlet. You can change your freaking you know, clothes. If he was like <laughs> supposed to be on like. I, I have a feeling I think that's that he's with aurors. Like I don't think he yeah. was with the watch wizard. Mm. Dang. True. Maybe he's a double agent. Could be. That Eric Munch. Agent man. But yeah. So there's the only that. person I can think of with a ponytail is like is Yaxley, right? I also was thinking At of Bill Weasley, but we know it's yeah. not him. Who? Bill Weasley, but we know it's not him. Oh, yeah. Bill. I think he actually is the only Death Eater. Is he described as having a ponytail in the books, too? I don't know. But he's down there, right? They're all captured. Yeah. Y'all go to Azkaban. He's done, though. Yep. Except for Bella. 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 Her and LV. What would their ship name be? Bella Mort. Voldatrix. Voldatrix. <laughs> Lord Trixie. <laughs> Bomb. Oh, oh, that was good. Um, yeah, I wonder who that guy was. He's back. He's back. You think? So, in part two we continue on and you know what i found interesting and i know we're obviously going to talk about it in the in part two but she's not um at the battle at the tower oh yeah is she pregnant then like when when does she have the baby like that's something we got to talk about yeah well that'll be that'll definitely be for um i think next episode if it goes into book seven i think there's two on relationships so it should be part two um where we talk about her her role in seven and all of that but i i truthfully i have no idea because i mean unless it was closer to the battle of hogwarts i think i thought closer to the battle i thought so too but do they give an age for delphi when she comes like it's an estimate they say 20 something okay because like on on the wiki it says born in it says before March 1998. So, bef- and 98 when the, the Battle of Hogwarts dies. Not in March. No, she dies in May. Oh, but yeah, yeah. May she's 2nd. not pregnant when they see her for Easter or whenever they're there. Not Easter specifically, but whenever. Well, they're there. she could be. <laughs> they but come just over for the egg hunt. <laughs> no, if she's there when along. they're at ho- when war just had given, sh- they they would have seen. When they were there at the house, it's too close to her. If she's not pregnant in May, she she would have had to have given birth before they had gone there. So whenever mm-hmm. Harry and company are at 
Malfoy Manor. It would have been right before that. At mm-hmm. least, yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. the latest. And long enough for her to have lost the bod. I mean, you probably there's probably spells or like I don't know, maybe because she wears like corsety kind of stuff in the film, I feel like. I don't know. True. Watch it like come mm-hmm. out years later and the author's gonna be like, she had a surrogate. <laughs> Who would ever know? No, no. I don't know. Uh, anyways, that concludes part one. <laughs> we'll talk about all that next time. Um, final thoughts on Bellatrix Lestrange. Girl, the wand is like perfect for her. It is. And also she's a puff. <laughs> Maybe so here's, <laughs> here's the thing. Fun fact. That... 19 so it says that the, it happened while they were at Easter 1998 right well Easter 1998 was April uh 12th day after my birthday <laughs> okay. again these are things we'll talk about when we get to that section and talk yeah about I don't know what we're doing right now Sorry. you're taking just, your own you know content <laughs> I just have to like I think that's your section anyway so I gotta have my ducks in a row you know I want to let you know that everybody on social media is voting incorrectly on Bellatrix's house. That's because there are a lot of them. Genuinely, I think like you really people are just are going to say like Slytherin, Slytherin, Slytherin. But like, tell me why exactly. And then they're going to say all these things. And we're going to be like, but Mm, here's where you're wrong. Be like, yes, we know her house is Slytherin. But here's the argument. Anywho's uh, Chelsea, thank you. And uh, we're also sorry. (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys i'm so excited this has been fun i can't wait to do this again yes so crazier i feel truly will and chelsea is going to be along for the entirety of the bellatrix lestrange adventure and so we'll have you back for part de and we'll dive into more of bellatrix's roles within the series so that concludes this week's Felix file. Thank you so much for listening and don't let the muggles get you down. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.